Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good within your world. It's like there's so much to do. In fact, I'm like, I'm so overwhelmed by the volume of things that I just need to do. And there's just a lot going on. You know, there's just, it's like, you know, but I also have a sense of accomplishment and a sense of, um, you know, I have a sense of, how would I say it? I have a sense of purpose in, in that I believe that I'm not so bothered about the things that I, I'm not, I don't know how to explain it. I am, I believe that everything, because I'm working with God and I know that I'm working with God, I am not so concerned about the things that I am not able to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there's some things that anything that is important for the now and the time, I ask for the grace of God to do it. That may mean that I may not be able to do everything that I wanted to do or I planned to do or I thought it was right for me to do. But it does mean that the things that God bubbles up to the surface to say, you must do this now, I make sure I do them. And when, even if I'm struggling, I ask him for grace and somehow he makes it happen. He just helps me through it and some things get pushed down. And I don't bother about those things anymore because the point is I am not walking to the agenda of man or myself. I'm walking to the agenda of God. So somehow I still have that sense of fulfillment, but there's a lot, there's just a lot to do. There's a lot to do. I'm like doing three or four full-time jobs together. You know, when you're doing three or four things that is actually a full-time job on its own but you're trying to do each one on a part-time basis so i have like three jobs three <laughs> three full-time paying jobs at the moment you know i mean as in potentially that kind of things that out of which only one of them is actually really paying you know cash the other ones are more like you know yeah the, the payment comes in intangible forms so hmm there's i i thank god for the path that he's taking me on and um, the things that he's helping me to do you know for a very long time i thought that being a christian i used to think about you know when the bible says let your light so shine or when the bible says you know i used to wonder how do i model christianity in this modern world and i used to think that we would have to do things the way the early church was doing it to be able to make a difference but now i realize that the context of every church is different every church generation every church age every church society every church circle every church um how would i say family or society or communities this is different so what will not change is the word of god but how we apply it and how we model it will will, will differ so for the person that is living, for instance, in Saudi Arabia, it cannot be the same as China because you have to make it relevant to the context and the needs of the society that you're in. So for instance, if you're in a society like mine, where there's a lot of poverty, there's a lot of you know, corruption, there's a lot of injustice and all sorts of things, you already know where your impact needs to be. You need to help people that are vulnerable. You need to speak up for those who are being unfairly targeted and unfairly treated. But if you're in a society where there is justice, where there are legal means of doing things, then you may not need to weigh in on certain conversations, particularly if they have become very political. 
you may not need to you may i i, I put that very very carefully but when you see um, people society the, the the blind spots the things that society and the law are not paying attention to that is the space where we as christians can play and it's not it's not necessarily for us to push our in quotes christian agenda because what really is a christian agenda christian agenda is just about preaching christ and letting people receive him and then decide for themselves how they're going to follow him you know what i'm saying it's not about you telling them you are a christian only if you believe this or you know i'm forcing your political beliefs on them it's really about bring let's you know receive christ let him come into your life and then the word of god is supreme begin to if you would accept that you know let's see how that goes in your life at the end of the day we will all be judged you know what i'm saying none of us can claim to be like oh i know it all or i have the best you because every one of us is going to face judgment you know what god is going to determine both the people who call themselves christians whether me that does this podcast and reflects on a whole lot of things and sometimes passes some very sweeping judgment i will also have to be judged you know god will still i'll still stand before the judgment seat of god and then will I, that's when I will really know from God's perspective how well I have done on earth. So I don't think we're on this earth to be policing people and, and saying, you know, but I think what we can do is shine a light on what the word of God says and then show the love of God in what we do. I have a problem with Christianity that is passive, doesn't speak up when um, other people are being hurt. But then expect other people to speak up for them when they will be be hurt. In fact, the scripture that guides me the most in my secular work is that scripture that says, do unto others that you want them to do unto you. Because for me, it's very clear to me in my heart. I'm somebody, I'm very sensitive. I really, I'm very clear about how I would want to be treated. And when the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself, that also I understand because I'm also very clear about I, I really like myself i like myself i like my space i love myself you know what i'm saying i oh lord i fast my problem is that i like myself too much so if you tell me to love my neighbor as myself then i really i understand what you, i know where you're coming from because i am somebody that there's anything i don't like i don't like rancor i don't like stress i don't like toxic behavior i don't like people with negative energy you know so if you if you tell me to love people like the way I love myself and the care that I take to make sure that my environment is a certain kind of way, definitely that puts a very high premium in terms of how I treat other people. And I know that this is the Holy Ghost speaking to me because honestly, I really do love myself. As in really, fact, <laughs> it's a major problem. It's a major major problem. I have a very strong instinct of self-preservation. I'm like, you know, please don't, you know, you know, I yeah in fact i think i love myself a bit too much if you look at it this way and maybe that's why god has taken me through some of the experiences that i've had so that i reduce that love a little bit <laughs> it's a bit it's, it's quite a lot it's, yeah so anyways so um but it helps me it helps me then you know so when i'm in an, in a dilemma and i'm in a situation where it's not very clear to me what's right or wrong what's the right thing to do particularly when it comes to speaking up in a place you know when those moments when you have to when you may want to make an you know give an unpopular opinion in other words an opinion that you know that people do not welcome the society the community around you does not welcome you that opinion but then when i think about it i'm like okay i want to point what is the purpose of my speaking up 
it's because he's pointing to an injustice, right? And I'm, I'm clear that it's an injustice. I'm clear about it. And there's evidence to suggest that this is not fair. This is not just. Now, if I was the one that was in that situation, so if I was the one, you know, experiencing that injustice, how would I feel about someone treating me, you know, that way? And once I look at it with that lens, it's very clear to me what I need to say and what I need to do. And, um, you know, th- this is really, really, really important to me because we live in a society that is very unjust, you know, honestly. Nigeria is a very unjust society, extremely unjust. The same two people will do, and it's brazen, it's it's in your face. You know, some of us, you know, some people in Nigeria, there's a hierarchy that is based on where people come from, you know, how much money they have, you know, and we're all black people, you know, it's it's very, very sad. And we're all, it's so unjust. The people at the wrong of the uh, the bottom of the p- pyramid are the poor people. And I know that every part of the world is unfair to people who don't have money. But men in Nigeria is next level. You don't have money, you are like you are like dirt. You know what I mean? You are like crap. The system, you are, as in your very life, your very existence can be wiped away at the whim of anybody's will. Somebody, you know, a powerful person or an influential person. You live... In fact, you survive at the mercy, at the benevolence, at the whims, at the sentiments, at the emotions of people. You can actually leave your house, not do anything wrong and end up in jail for the rest of your life. No justice. Nobody will ask of you. I mean, the number of people who've been arrested for the most spurious offenses. We have NGOs that actually you know, go into jail and look at some of these cases. When you hear the stories, oh, the police came and they raided people and they just picked me up. I've been in detention for 27 years. I mean, horrible stories. So, there is so much that we as Christians can do and there is so much that we can do to make lives, life different for many people that are better off than we are. And I know some Christians are also in that vulnerable situation. So, yes, we can do more for the vulnerable people within us, amongst the Christian community, and the people who are outside the Christian community as well. I think one of the greatest deceptions that has happened to us as believers, particularly in this, in my own context, you know, whenever I speak, I always, I'm very clear, I live in southern Nigeria. You know, southern Nigeria is different from northern Nigeria. The northern Nigerian Christians, they are real you know, serious Christians, Southern Nigerian Christians, we're very worldly, we're very carnal, we're very materialistic, we're very mega churchish, you know, that kind of power-driven, acquisition-driven kind of people, you know, so that's who we are. So most of the comments that I make is relevant to Southern Nigeria. That does, it doesn't mean that within Southern Nigeria, we don't have people who are really, really seeking the face of God and trying to walk the standard of the Bible, but generally speaking, that's the way it is. I do notice that in recent times, people are becoming more aware, particularly in the younger generations. They're looking and they're comparing and they're like, this is not right. And it's actually drawn a lot of people away from church. But the people who are in it and enjoying it, they do not see anything wrong with what they're doing. But the way Christianity is practiced in Northern Nigeria is very different from how it's practiced in Southern Nigeria. In Northern Nigeria, it is more about the Bible, the faith. They will gladly shed their blood for life, for Christ. In fact, their blood is constantly shed. They are forever um, burying people for the sake of, you know, people killed by fundamentalists from other the other religion. You know, 
it's, it's, their, it's their daily bread. In southern Nigeria, not only that we are not under that kind of persecution, at least that kind of persecution, but I, most southern Nigerian Christians will not even understand. I mean, if a knife was put, I mean, you know, at the, at the, if, even at the threat of death, they would gladly, <laughs> they would gladly denounce their faith. In fact, many have already compromised their faith, even in the way in which they live their life, the political causes they support, the kind of relationships they keep, the values of Christianity. There is just nothing. Whereas the, 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 the sort of political alliances that we make, that Southern Christian, Southern Nigerian Christians make, Northern Nigerian Christians would never do. They will see that as betrayal of the gospel. They are very clear in their mind as to what is right and what is wrong. For us, we are just in the gray. So, and so a lot of what I'm saying, like I said, is always more relevant to my own context, which is, you know, this Southern Nigerian, very, very funny type of practice of Christianity. And I think one of the things that I think the devil has done that has really, really weakened us as a church is making us very focused on our own lives and our problems. What um, the gospel calls the cares of this life. And in the parable of the sower, Jesus preached about this. He said that there are three things that prevent the word of God from being fruitful in our lives. He said the cares of this life, the lust of um, the lust of the flesh, the cares of this life, and the deceitfulness of riches. In fact, I will say those two things has really mesmerized, captivated, intoxicated, distracted, and twisted and destroyed the power of the southern nigerian church lost not so much i think most people have a way of conquering their flesh well lost is there to some extent to be honest because some people they really have that you know like morality issue i it's not pervasive but some people have it you know but it's not a it's not it's not a big thing i mean well it's big but not big you know what i'm saying it's not any more than it is anywhere else in the world but in the two areas where i would say we are excelling in a negative way is in the deceitfulness of riches cares of this life it's a lot because actually we live in, in a very oppressive society things are really tough you know the government isn't doing as much as it should so there's it actually there's a lot to worry about because we, we do everything ourselves we, we generate our own power we, we generate our own we create um, our own water everybody's running a utility system in their own homes and even then it breaks down the government keeps on lowering the bar year after year you know you know, okay, okay, they don't provide power, they don't provide water, now they don't even provide security anymore, you know, so it's just getting worse and worse. So for that reason, there is a lot really to think about. So you find out that most of the time the messages, the sermons are focused on helping people deal with the problems of life. And that has then made Christians so insular so concerned i mean you're coming before god all what you're talking about is god help me oh lord you know and then and god is like mm-hmm. this your problems are not going to go in five years so are you telling me that the only reason why you're on this earth now between you and i this is all we're going to be discussing <laughs> and you know he's he's like there's a bigger picture because he's like don't worry about your needs i'm going to get it across to you whether you're at the bottom of the rank wrong or not but that cannot be what let's work I mean, that cannot be what this relationship is about let's work on our relationship let's work on the kingdom work get involved and then see how i'm going to bless you through it and i think that i keep on talking about the role of teaching because i see that people respond to what they are being taught and if somebody is not being taught a certain kind of way they will not know these things i mean i attended a women's fellowship 
online on Saturday. I almost didn't join because I was like really tired. Like I said, I had a lot doing and I was like added responsibility. But I was really glad that I joined because I listened to a testimony by a lady who is like in her mid-60s and she's been through so much. She's been a Christian, had the power of God working in her life, was a nurse, prays for people, was known to be a prayer warrior. Those kind of people that pray for you and miracles happen. You know, they're not ordained ministers, but the power of God is in their life. She was this kind of lady. She lost her husband, tragic home incident, really, really bizarre. And, you know, a lot of things happened to her then. She was a widow. She wasn't really working. But the story of the testimony, the story of the power of God through ups and downs, through painful experience, she even ended up losing a son many years even after that. But the story was so real. You know, I, I appreciated it because it's not often that you hear people really talking about, you know, with an experience that shows that, I will still bless you. Like this song in Promises that says, I'll still bless you in the middle of the road when I don't know where to go. I'll still bless you in the middle of my storm, in the middle of my trial. I'll still bless you when I'm in the middle of the road and I don't know which way to go. I'll still, I'll still bless you. I'll still bless you. I'll still bless you, Lord. I've got a reason to bless your name. I've got a reason to bless you. So you are someone that can bless Lord even in the middle of the storm. When you don't know where to go, you still bless him. That was the story of this woman. If I wish she just said it casually, well, you know, later on I, I lost my son. I, you know, and she was in the same minute telling you how God is wonderful, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we were all in shock. We were like, what? But that is what you call a Christian. Because she knows it doesn't end here. So for me, I'm like, the reason why this journey that I am on, that we're on together, if you're here with me, you are on a journey with Christ. I want to understand the world from God's perspective. I want to understand it the way God says things are. I am not interested in doing a fairy tale kind of Christianity, I want to see God as He is. If He says that He doesn't want that it doesn't end here, I want to believe it and I want to walk on this earth as though it doesn't end here. If He says that I have authority over the powers of darkness and that nothing shall by any means hurt me, I want to see that power. I want to walk in that power. If He says that the name of Jesus is above every name, I want to know it. I want to walk in the power of that. If he says the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run into it and say, I want to experience it. If he says that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Yes, I want to know what that feels. I want to experience it. Walking through the valley of the shadow of death and yet not fearing evil. The Bible cannot just be a fairy tale to me. Why then would I believe in it? Why would I be believing it? cannot just be so I am praying that the Lord will help me to live his word to live by his spirit to walk in his ways to see him as he is to know him I don't want to be a fairy tale textbook Christian I want to be the kind of worshiper that is described in John 4:24. Someone who worships God in spirit and in truth. 
Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day. In the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.